What do the defund the police, abolish the police, anti-free market capitalism street activists, powerful wealthy global elites, and the Kremlin all have in common? The answer is the Sunrise Movement. Today's special guest, Alex Newman, joins us to expose how the Sunrise Movement is creating the semblance of revolution in America. You're watching Anarchy in America with Christian Gomez. Joining us today to discuss a little-known but yet highly important Marxist-Leninist terrorist organization is Alex Newman, the senior editor of the New American Magazine. Alex, thank you so much for being back with us. We're glad to have you. It's great to be with you. Thank you, Christian. So in the Law Enforcement Charitable Foundation's Intelligence uh, Brief Special Report for 2020, you wrote an article about the Sunrise Movement. A lot of people haven't heard about the Sunrise Movement. They've heard of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, even the Communist Party USA. But the Sunrise Movement, it's not that well known. Uh, what do they believe? Who are they? Yeah, the Sunrise Movement is a really interesting organization. It is essentially a front group composed primarily of children who are expected to be used as like literally human shields for the globalists. So they're training these children, they're indoctrinating these children, they're radicalizing these children. It's like a cult. They take them to movement houses and indoctrinate them. Uh, and then they teach them how to get arrested, how to burn down buildings, how to use violence to accomplish their goals. And what's really interesting is the connections to the globalists and the deep state are overt, they're in your face. It's primarily funded by the Rockefeller dynasty, by the Sierra Club, which is funded by George Soros and Tom Steyer and others. So it's like not even one degree of separation between the children who are the, you know, the useful idiots who are going to get mangled in the actions, as they call them, and the globalists who are exploiting them. So it sounds like this is where the street agitators, the Marxist-Leninists in the street, intersect with the 1% globalists that they supposedly claim to oppose. Of course, we've got Bernie Sanders always saying we have to go after the 1%, and here is the 1% supporting these very agitators. Now, what what is this group's ideology, their purported ideology? What do they... Um, I, earlier, I mentioned Marxist-Leninist. Is that accurate? Would you say that this is a Marxist-Leninist ideological organization? Yeah, in many respects, yes. Now, officially, it was founded in 2013 by a guy called Michael Dorsey. And Michael Dorsey is a really interesting character. He's, he's a radical left-wing fringe extremist, but he's also intimately connected with the most powerful organs of the establishment. And, and of course, he's a, he was a member of the Club of Rome. So the Club of Rome, for people who aren't familiar, is really a, a super elite organization. You have people like Mikhail Gorbachev, you have people like Al Gore, the, the former dictator of the Soviet Union, former vice president, uh, very influential, very wealthy billionaires, world leaders, things like this. And you have this guy, Michael Dorsey, and he comes along. S supposedly, this is an environmental group, but... I think it's very clear that environmentalism is just the smokescreen. And I'll give you a concrete example. In 1991, as the Cold War was supposedly coming to an end, they put out a report called The First Global Revolution. And you need to read this quote. I don't have it directly memorized in my head, but it's like, well, we need a new enemy then to unite us. And so we thought maybe global warming would be perfect because then the enemy is humanity itself. And that's what they believe. And so this guy stands up this organization. And since 2013, they have shifted gears a little bit. They're still fully on board promoting the Green New Deal, which is, of course, Marxism in green colors. They call it the watermelons, right, the, the red on the inside, but green on the outside. 
But they've also shifted into this hyper-racialism, this race-mongering, this defund the police, dismantle the patriarchy, et cetera, et cetera. So it's become kind of an all-purpose astroturf group for the elites. And for those of you watching, astroturf groups like the artificial fake grass you find in sports arenas and stadiums are artificial or fake grassroots organizations that are actually well-organized and well-funded from the very top for the purpose of steering the general public into accepting certain so-called solutions devised by the deep state insiders were the same ones who manufactured or devised the crisis, in this case, climate change. But in 1991, the same year the Soviet Union purportedly collapsed, and the same year, uh, well, in the, in the year before the 1992 Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro for Agenda 21, uh, when it was first launched, that's also the year that all these so-called acts or former communists became environmentalists. A perfect example of this is Mikhail Gorbachev, correct? So how is Mikhail Gorbachev and the Kremlin associated with the Sunrise Movement and other environmentalist movements? Well, there's several ways. And, and Gorbachev, of course, is a, was a leading member of the Club of Rome, which, again, is a very influential group that you never hear about. But there's other connections, too. We were in Madrid last year for the UN Climate Summit with a team from the New American Magazine. And Congress had actually released some interesting reports, and they had written some letters where they showed that the Kremlin, the Russian government, was funding American astroturf environmentalist groups through a shell corporation in Bermuda called Klein Limited. So the Kremlin would basically shift all this money to this shell company in Bermuda. This shell company in Bermuda, Klein Limited, would then distribute it in the United States, first to the Sea Change Foundation, which is kind of like a pass-through, and then they would fund all of these astroturf groups. One of the big astroturf groups that they were funding is called the Climate Action Network, and they were a huge deal uh, at the Madrid Climate Summit and at most of these others. They, they put on these big elaborate displays and they do skits and a uh, very, very influential group. And interestingly, the Sunrise Movement's registered address in Washington, D.C. was at the Climate Action Network's headquarters. So direct evidence of Russia collusion, but not the kind that the media likes. They like to wear the tinfoil hat and claim that uh, Trump is the Russian collusion. So Talking about the uh, the pot calling the kettle black, so to <laughs> yes, speak. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Or in this case, red, um, <laughs> or green and red, uh, like the watermelon, right? Green on the outside, but red on the inside. Precisely. That's exactly what we're seeing here. So the Sunrise Movement, uh, their their registered address is a, is a location that receives funding from the Russian government. Now, what's interesting about the Russian government is uh, we've had a we've heard about various oppos so called opposition leaders and maybe some actual real critics of the Kremlin who have spoken out whether against Yeltsin or especially against Vladimir Putin in the last uh, ten plus years. And they've been silenced, killed, mysteriously poisoned, or they accidentally somehow fell out of their windows. Um, but yet Gorbachev, you know, if Putin is not a communist, as we're supposed to believe, and he's the uh, opposition leader uh, of, of the uh, of the non-communist Russian government after the fall, supposedly, you would think that Gorbachev, being the last communist leader, like Karl Donitz being the last fear of Nazi Germany would somehow be the enemy of the state of the of the modern Russian government but instead has Putin and the Russian government gone after Gorbachev or any of the communist party uh, leaders of the Soviet Union none they're allowed a uh, free reign uh, and so they're oligarchs now yeah so isn't isn't <laughs> it telling uh, Putin's relationship with Gorbachev that they're really on the same side as opposed to being uh, opposed to each other because if Gorbachev was really 
opposed to Putin and vice versa, don't you think we would find Gorbachev missing the next day? Oh, there'd be a car crash tomorrow. <laughs> no question. Or a mysterious suicide or falling out of a window. That's what happens. Uh, so, no, I, I think it's very clear that despite the image that's being carefully crafted around Putin, uh, much more is going on behind the scenes. I mean, former KGB leader. And I think the proof is in the pudding, right? The Bible says you can judge something by its fruit. And if we look at the fruit of Putin, there is some good fruit. You know, we, we got to be honest. He, he's liberalized homeschooling. He's liberalized gun laws a little bit. But the big picture on the important issues, he is moving in lockstep with the globalist movement. I'll give you a... I think the most obvious example, this dividing up of the world into regional governments, into regional blocks. You've got the European Union is, of course, the premier example, but then they've got an African Union. Uh, they're building now the Union of South American States in Latin America, of course, led by communists. In America, they're trying to put this North American Union above America, Mexico, and Canada. And if Putin was really the opposition to the New World Order, this Christian patriot who was going to save... He'd be Western fighting Western. against that. Absolutely he would be. Instead, what we find is he is building something, and this is not a secret. They put out press releases. He gives speeches. They're building a Eurasian Union that's just... And, and actually, he, he said something really interesting in a speech that was picked up by Russian state media. Eventually, we're going to merge the Eurasian Union with the European Union. And of course, uh, we've had numerous Russian leaders admit that the uh, European Union was like very similar in many ways to the Soviet Union in terms of how it's governed, in terms of the eventual objectives, right? Instead of having elected leadership, we have rubber stamp parliament and a executive slash legislative branch that has all the real power. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Christopher Story who uh, stated that the Euro and uh, there were others too said that the European Union is the new European Soviet. So the European Union, which came into formalization in 1992 with the uh, was the Maastricht Treaty, the was Maastricht it? Treaty, yep. Yes. So the European Union, which came about in 1992, the year after the fall of the Soviet Union, is virtually modeled in many ways after the Soviet Union, and now the former Soviet Union, Russia, primarily forms a Eurasian economic union based off of the European Union. So what we're seeing is just a repeat of the past, all in the name of free trade and even fighting environmental uh, you know, causes, fighting for environmental justice, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And it's very clear in China, too. You know, China is really helping to drive this. I, for example, I went down to the, the UN Sustainable Development Summit in 2012. They literally had a communist Chinese agent sitting as the chairman of this conference. And you look at the documents they put out, it's just communism in environmental garb. And you look at what was going on in Latin America. This was in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, there's this uh, international network called the Foro de Sao Paulo. And in 1997, I have the documents at one of their meetings. They said that the purpose of this alliance is to rebuild in Latin America what was supposedly lost in Eastern Europe, which is, of course, communism. So they really never went anywhere. They just put on a new disguise. It's still the same individuals with the same uh, ideology, if you want to call it that. It's, it's really more like a, a cover story for enslaving people. But uh, they're still there. They just have new disguises. Now, the Foro, the Foro de Sao Paulo is Portuguese for the Sao Paulo Forum. Yes. And that is actually a Marxist-Leninist uh, alliance of nations. So it's a little smaller than the Union of South American States. But this is where the hardcore Marxist-Leninists, like Lula da Silva of Brazil and... Castro was one of the founders, Castro, the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. Uh, Hugo Chavez came in later with help from the Foro de Sao Paulo. And now Maduro is part of it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and actually, it's an alliance of over 100 political parties, and they either control the government or the opposition, or both the government and, and the opposition in almost every important Latin American country today. 
And their goals are very clear. And, and it is this organization that's driving the creation of these transnational, supranational unions like the Union of South American States, uh, like the ALBA, uh, made up of Cuba and Venezuela and some of these other smaller communist nations. Uh, it, it's all right there for anybody who wants to see it. The U.S. government knows all about this, and yet the American people don't, and many, unfortunately, the Latin American people don't either. So now that's the macro or global picture. Yep. But when you boil it down to the micro level in the U.S., this this is where we have going back, uh, circling back, as our new <laughs> White House press secretary likes to say, to the Sunrise Movement. Um, in your article, you mentioned uh, a conservative activist who had some videos that were leaked with regards to um, – what some of the Sunrise activists were saying. Can you describe a little bit about that? Sure. So Millie Weaver is a, a great conservative journalist. She used to work for Alex Jones, no longer does. Um, but she obtained, and I don't know exactly how she obtained, but she obtained a lot of the video conferences that the leaders of the Sunrise Movement were hosting. Basically, these were training sessions for the children. And the stuff that they talk about on there, the stuff that they admit, for example, they talk about burning down buildings is a legitimate form of protest. Well, how many people now have died in the United States over the last year in buildings being burned down by these terrorists? Quite a few. This is literally the definition of terrorism. Like um, the Minneapolis Police Department that was in flames just last year following the George Floyd incident. Yeah, and actually there was one of the lesbian uh, leaders of the Sunrise Movement who says on the video that Millie Weaver obtained, hey, when the when the police precinct went up in flames, me and my girlfriend, we drank shots. There was a celebration in this household. So you kind of get the, the sense of where they're coming from. It is destroy, it is undermine civilization, it is break down law and order. It's just like with the Bolshevik Revolution. Out of this chaos, they hope they will emerge in power. And of course, these useful idiots don't understand that. The kids that are involved in this, that are being weaponized, but the people behind the scenes, they understand it very well. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so much, Alex. We're glad to, that you've joined us. And just before uh, we cut out, what are your recommendations for uh, those that are watching about how to expose the Sunrise Movement and, in, in, in a sense, the entire environmental green movement along with Agenda 2030 and so forth? What do you recommend they do to expose and stop it before we leave? Well, one of the most important things they can do, we have this uh, law enforcement uh, intelligence brief. This goes out to every police chief and every sheriff in the United States, and uh, you can obtain copies, and you can go to your sheriff or you can go to your police chief and say, hey, this is important. You're not going to get this intelligence from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Everybody knows now it's been completely hijacked by leftists and people who, who are not interested in the Or truth. from the Justice Department under Joe Biden. Right. I mean, it, it's a joke, and, and, and law enforcement executives all across this country know that full well. So th you, you can't... Uh, battle a threat if you don't understand it, if you don't have good intelligence. And so one of the things people can do, go to the Law Enforcement uh, Charitable Foundation's website, get a copy of this, and go talk to your sheriff, go talk to your police chief, and explain to them how significant this is. Because if you don't understand what you're dealing with, if you don't understand the tactics of the people you're dealing with, uh, they will outsmart you and outmaneuver you. We've got to get our law enforcement people to understand, and this is a very, very valuable tool for that. It's also got uh, a, a piece on the Black Lives Matter movement. It's got a piece on anti Tifa, and it is absolutely critical that our state and local law enforcement leaders understand these things. Thank you so much, Alex Newman. We're glad to have you today. Thank God you bless. Christian. Take care. God bless you too. Copies of the Intelligence Brief's 2020 special report can be purchased through the Law Enforcement Charitable Foundation. Their phone number is 1-877-325-COPS. You can also learn more about the LECF on their website, www.lecf-inc.org. 
If you haven't already done so, the John Birch Society recommends that you become a JBS member and join or form a Support Your Local Police Ad Hoc Committee in your area. The Intelligence Brief's 2020 Special Report is also an excellent resource for SYLP committees to help inform local law enforcement about various subversive groups that threaten our republic. Until next week, stay educated, stay free, and God bless.